Welcome to the Progress with Unity podcast on a dull November evening, but not quite as bad as last night, I said, Gareth. No. <laughs> not bad at all. No. Anyway, are you alright? I'm fine, thank you. I'm a bit confused, though. Probably Con- can see that. I'm a bit confused. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, your brow's furred. Yeah. I've just been driving here on the 25th of November, and some people have got Christmas decorations on. What's no. going on? I don't know. Madness. Madness. Isn't it? It's not even St Nicholas Day yet, is it? It's one step beyond that. Sai, <laughs> don't like stepping in there. Evening, Gary. Gary, <laughs> all will be explained later on, I've no doubt. Is that right? I hope so, I forgot the names right, yeah. Okay. Michael? Good evening, how are we? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you got something to tell us? Hey, listen, so it's just a bit of news to share with everybody. I actually won a signed latex, framed latex shirt on Saturday night. I attended the ABC... Um, Minus show. No, ABC, ABC <laughs> Asbestos Company. Good do, by the way, ladies and gents. Fantastic. Thank you for your hospitality. Anyway, we raised over 1,500 uh, quid for a charity auction. Uh, sorry, charity raffle. And I won a prize, which was the shirt. And the guest of honour was Neil Rimmer. So when I went and asked Neil, had the man himself, as a member of this season's squad, signed the shirts? And the man being, oh, of course. Yes, have a guess, Mr. Holt himself, the Holt master. He couldn't, he, he couldn't answer it. He couldn't answer it. So he didn't know. But he didn't know. And I turned around and I did ask the question. I said, Neil, do you listen to the uh, Progress for Unity podcast? And he said, I do, but not every week. Oh. And so when I turned around and I said, well, I'm Mick. And he says... Now I know why you're asking about grandson. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, if I could just say to ABC, thank you very much for that. Brilliant prize. It's now gone up on the wall with uh, Peter Atherton. I shouldn't be saying this because I don't think he knows this. Peter Atherton's <laughs> last ever shirt for Halifax Town. <laughs> which I acquired. The one he's still looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're thinking, what's that number 10? Adam? Good evening. Are you well? I'm good. Thanks. Have you warmed up from yesterday? Last night's encounter. It weren't that cold. Just wet. Just wet, yeah. Dan? Hello. Very well. Thank you. You didn't ask that, did you? I'm alright, thank you, Barry, yes. Lovely. How's yourself? I'm alright, thank you, Barry. (laughs) Excellent. And this evening we've got a a special guest in the studio with us. Tony. Tony Brown. Last three amigos. Also known as, that's AKA, isn't it? Sound like a rap star. Also known as the Carter Jack. You sound like a rap star, don't you? Get it on the ground, you bitches. Hi. <laughs> is that what's going to happen now, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Get back, ladies. Yeah. Guessing you're embarrassing. So, uh, good evening. Good evening. Uh, nice of you to pop by. Thank you. How are things? Wet. Wet. <laughs> yeah. Wet. Very wet. Right, Adam, have you got uh, your off-the-territory report from the Shrewsbury game? No. So, I just got back from the Wigan Athletic versus Shrewsbury Town game. Uh, finished 1-0 to Latix. Uh, brilliant edit from Ravel. Uh, never really got going like we used to do at home. Um, bit scrappy. Scunthorpe. Uh, uh, Shrewsbury um, showing their intent from the off by uh, that nasty challenge for, I think, was Black on Jacobs. Uh, unacceptable. Ref didn't even get a free kick and we lost our best player in the opening 10 minutes. From then on I was a bit worried about whether we'd find our creativity as usual losing Jacob so early on but we brought on Greg. Um, Yannick World shot once again causing problems down the right uh, left sorry. Uh, I don't think you can do anything to stop him and if you do other players are lured into the game. Um, but yeah um Scrappy, but effective, professional performance, hard working as usual. Sets us up nicely for the big week ahead, starting with uh, Burton on Tuesday night. Hopefully, we can show our, our quality against a more a better side in this division. Uh, currently, one point behind us now, I think, with a game in hand. So, that would take us to four points in front of them and uh, put us nicely to, closer to that. All sorts of promotion places, depending on how others get on. But, yeah, happy with the result. Up the ticks. That was excellent, that, Adam. Thank you uh, very much. Didn't sound too enthused, though. Yeah. Well, nasty looking team, weren't they? Nasty, nasty little blighters. <laughs> the shrews. Yes. Gareth, do you have the stats from the game? 
Yes, the stats from the game. Wigan Athletic versus Shrewsbury. Possession, 58% to the Latics and 42% to Shrewsbury. Attempts, Wigan managed 10, Shrewsbury 5. On target, the Latics had 4, Shrewsbury 2. Latics had 12 corners to Shrewsbury's 4. Committed 9 fouls to 5 by Shrewsbury. Had 2 yellows to the Latics, 3 yellows to Shrewsbury. No reds and the score, 1-0. Do you know the first ten minutes of that game, uh, that stat what jumps out there, that uh, shows we were only penalised five times. Was it five times? Get your specs on. Get your specs on, man. Yeah, five times. They could have had two players sent off in that opening ten minutes. Mm, yeah. Ian Black, we were heavily linked with Black in summer. The the Rangers player, weren't we? Yeah. Um, what horrible, nasty piece of work he was. He cleaned Jacobs out, didn't he? Did he see the toe down his sock? I mean, yeah, yeah. it came through after after the ball had gone. Straight in the knee and straight down. What did you make of it, Tony? Well, I was a bit surprised to see the the stats from what people had said about the game. I wasn't there, but uh, just to see five fouls committed by Shrewsbury, I thought, well, something very strange. It doesn't kind of add up here. No. So well, what? So you know, is that something you expect from referees every week? Are you going to get a referee who's going to penalise this over rough play? Or do you just accept that you're in League One and that's what you get? If you watch, I, I, I know we're going to go on to the Burton game in a few minutes, but if you look at the way Burton play, when they get fouled, they make a meal of it. Yeah. They, mm. No, should Latics should one thing I admire about Colwell is his honesty, in the honesty, place, yeah, dignity. I'd say, yeah, yeah, dignity, yeah. Barry, yeah. His dignity, he doesn't get drawn into all that stuff, he doesn't get drawn into the negative stuff. And uh, you know, if Latics were to play like his team do, if they'd done that last Saturday against Shrewsbury, would Shrewsbury have had some red cards? Yeah, well, quite possibly. But Not to say that's right. Yeah, I think. Non, I don't think anybody at this table would like to see Latics playing like that. The surprising thing, I mean, Mickey Mellon set his team up, obviously, to play one way, weren't it? It was to, mm. to stop Jacobs. And it was to stop Wilshut. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, Simon, in the fouls on Wilshut, two Shrewsbury players actually got injured yeah. trying to foil him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's so well built, isn't he? It is, yeah. And um, that's it, you know. <clears throat> again, like you said, the, the ganging up, attacking those two players. And it did have a detrimental effect to Jacobs as well. So he came off with a, a knock later on. So. I, I can't, everyone else agrees. The honesty from our players is great, you know, we'll try and play as much as we can and we won't go making those challenges. But I think the ref let far too much go because he let so much go from an early stage, he just had to keep that kind of stance throughout the game. It, it mirrored the uh, Wigan performance against Blackpool. I remember we commented on this in, a, uh, in our chat after the game about how there were some crunching tackles going in from the Blackpool team and the young young lads in that big inside that night stood tall, stood firm, stood proud and they just carried on mm. right? they didn't go wimping and rolling around on the floor etc now going back to Saturday's game I think we're going to play in a good honest game I think they're playing it how we used to play football yeah. you know which was yeah you're going to get a rough tackle but unless it's a foul it's part of the game but there were too many cynical things in that game for me on Saturday which you think oh come on as you can do better than that and I was expecting more from Shrewsbury to be honest with you than to just come and spoil them you know we've had teams who've spoiled with the football and the style they played they've played people across the back but they were actually grabbing shirts pulling back yeah. you know the kind of thing that when we were playing football we'd turn around and just smack someone yeah, I th they was. I mean, they're, they was struggling in the league, weren't they? They was on a really bad run, and they were trying to stop the rot. They were time wasting. They were fouling. They was malicious as well. I think some of those free kicks were, were like on Jacobs, definitely, and on Wilshire a couple of times. They were deliberate attempts to, to injure the players. Oh, by the way. With the Jacobs incident, was it even a free kick? I believe no, it no. was a drop ball or something. No, wasn't it? no, it wasn't a free kick because what had happened was the, the Jacobs had played the ball away, so the referee turned and followed the play of the ball, and Black came through. That's why he was so covered it. Yeah, but the the all stood directly in line with him. He should have picked that up, uh, and then we ended up putting the ball out while Jacobs got some attention, and it was obvious he was rolling around. He was holding his head. It, it was that. It was that. Uh, it was that severe. But that black was a 
proper, proper dirty little so and so, yeah, without any doubt, yeah. Well, the referee should have took command and said, none of that, just give him a straight red or something. He had the opportunity to do that, but because he didn't, things got very, very scrappy, and if we didn't score that goal when we did, we could have been, we could have seriously seen a death on the pitch though, Barry. Death on the yeah. death in the yeah. But, uh, Tim McCann get booked on, on Saturday. For diving, right? For diving, yeah. So, you can break somebody's leg. Yeah, but... And get a, don't even get a free kick. I know we don't want to see people diving. Did he dive? It was down at, down at your end, no, wasn't it? I don't think it? he did. He, was, no. he, he made a good run for He got around ro- that many players. I don't think. I didn't see the point in diving. Yeah. He wouldn't have died. Yeah. Well, Tom Daly plays for us, according to Barry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing you can say, yeah, after what happened to Jordan Flores' red card a few weeks ago for the retaliation. Latics are not retaliating against these teams. Mm. No, no, no. Yeah, um, when you get roughed up like that and the referee's not protecting you, it takes a lot of self-discipline not to retaliate. Yeah, they need to. St- a lot, lot of credit to Colwell. They need to start protecting players. us a little bit, I think. But how how do you do mm. it, Barry? How do, how do you persuade referees to, to start protecting you? <coughs> I don't. Unless you resort to well, if, pressurising if, the referees. If teams are, are deliberately setting out to foul us from 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 the word go. Mm-hmm. What, don't wait until the 60th or the 70th minute to issue a yellow card. When, you, when, when the challenge is like that, when Jacob's out of the game after 10 minutes, issue a yellow card right, right at the start. Let's, you know, a, a dangerous tackle is a dangerous tackle in the first minute or the last minute. But why aren't these referees doing it? Because yeah, the, the league won, right? Yeah, because they're not good enough. Well, well hang on a minute. We had a Premiership referee of the week. He was very good. He was excellent. He was good. And I think it's the way in which referees command themselves on the field, Mm. talking to players and things like that. Um, There doesn't seem to be the communication at this level. Premiership games, if you watch the referees constantly talking, the players do have to listen, even though they're giving you know dog's life at times. But I've noticed over the last couple of games, especially on the opposition side, is. The challenging, the challenging what the assistant referee says uh, from the t- from the sidelines, the challenging the, what the referee's given and stuff like that, and it, it's just annoying, so annoying to see. I come to watch a football match, not an argument. That's not Premier League, isn't it? Anyway, go. sorry, can I put the other side of the argument? I've said this before. We've said we've mentioned this in the podcast. You probably know what I'm going to say. Some of my favourite Latix players, Lee Catamol, Michael Brown, Graham Kavanagh. Used to love watching them, yeah. and that's what they did for pleasure, for mm. fun, and we loved it. Would you, you like to see one of those, You'd like to see one of those players in this current team game, because player. you could say this team lacks a bit of steel in, yeah. mm. in the centre of the midfield. Got a point there, Tony. I think. Yeah, somebody like Michael Brown, like Casemiro, would be an asset in this division. Where referees expect that sort of thing, they let it go. But the thing, the thing with Brown and Casemiro and Cap, they didn't hide those challenges. They were up front with them. They were honest challenges, and they were as much likely to get injured as the player, the player they, were, they were tackling. These lads are, are, are not honest with it. They're, they're behind the referee, sly. it's sly. Yeah. It is, yeah. and it's it's cowardice. It's cowardice. Yeah. yeah, that's League One. That's that's League One, though, the league of the cowards. In all, in all sport and everything I've played, I've only been taught, coached, meet fire with fire. And if you've got someone like Black in the middle of the park who's dishing it out, somebody on your side goes, one more lad and you'll get some. Simple as. And it's a case of, you know, and if you dish it out again, you're going to get another one. Jason Pearce is out to do that. Well, I was just going to say that. Yeah. I think that's what we've missed in the last two games. Because at Rochdale, he was the enforcer. Yeah, they've gone straight I mean, through. Yeah, he go, go straight through. And yeah. you sometimes think, nine times out of ten, he's going to make that challenge. I think he said it last week. He'll make that challenge. There will be that one time that he will kill someone, <laughs> which we're just going to have to, you know, take it with. But I, I feel when we've got Pierce in that team, that is when we're at our strongest because we've got that enforcer and a bit of steel. He's not afraid to make a challenge, push up, you know, come out and meet that man and make that challenge. So, well, I was going to talk about this, uh, not only with uh, Saturday but also last night uh, with team selection. Do you think we're carrying one or two knocks that the team that's out is the team that's out? Um, for example, Donald Love, he's come back from, he was fantastic uh, uh, before he went off on international duty. Uh, I know Caldwell loves him, love, he does love him. Uh, there's talk of us trying to sign him on a, on a permanent deal. Uh, he's been away with Scotland on the 21s and he's, he's not even been in the squad. And he's been played for the 
development squad mm. they were there either, did they? I wonder if Will Griggs carrying something because Ravel is it seems to be ahead of him in the packing of at the moment. Mm. It's because he's new. Mm. Cobell tends to put new players straight in. To bed him. Get him yeah. in there. Yeah. Something I couldn't work out last night. Get him a yeah. Was towards the end, end of the game with two substitutions remaining. We ended up bringing on Davis and Junior. Junior. Or was it Greg and Junior? One of those combination. But at one point before Burton scored, Leon Barnett was stripped. Yeah, but yes. we talked about last night. The reason behind that is because Morgan was injured. Morgan w- was carrying a knot from the first half. He kept stretching. It was his groin or his, his right, thigh. That, he yeah. was stretching. He, 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 the number of times he stretched yeah. uh, during the game just to, to try and stretch so it I out. I wonder if that's something, you know, like you say, to do with selection. Maybe we've yeah. got things that are just rumbling on. Yeah, I think we are carrying a few knocks uh, in the squad. I mean, obviously, they're not going to broadcast it, are they? No. Um, but well, Jacobs must have been feeling some effects of Saturday last night. He didn't look as sharp as normal, did he? No. He didn't. He didn't. Okay. Uh, Can we go back to the Pierce thing? Ben? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm interested to see what you guys think about it. What, what, why isn't Pierce getting a regular game now? Is it because McCann is playing so well? And McCann... I think his Cole, distribution from the back is well, that's, that's superb, it. isn't it? And it yeah. really suits Cobell's style of play. That's what he wants, yeah, and he brings that into the team. But then, can he include Pierce, who's another left footer? If he does, he can't, unless he puts him in the centre where um, Morgan Morgan. plays, does he put a a left-footed central defender on the right? So so as long as McCann stays in that position, it's going to be very difficult for Pierce to get a game. Or is this possibility that Pierce might be leaving soon? I I think... I certainly hope not personally. He got injured in pre-season and he got injured against Oldham. I think think the problem with against Oldham, I think he rushed him back a bit too quick. So I think... He may have picked up something against Rochdale because I saw him limping actually in the first half against Rochdale. Yeah, he was worse. Yeah, yeah. That's the sad thing about going to Rochdale. Everybody picks something up at Rochdale. (laughs) (laughs) Because, but I mean, Pierce is a very, very experienced player at this level. Yeah, he's our vice captain as well. He may be vice captain. We could include him, uh, Morgan and McCann, and push Daniels to right back because I think that's Daniels had his best game. Mm. A right back for us this season. When he's called, he got a yeah. brace as well. And over the last two games, I've not been too impressed with Tim Shaw. Well, Tim Shaw is not, not a, a wing back, no. is he? He's not got the pace for it, he's not got the tactical <coughs> nose for it. Um, he's a central midfield player. But if you put the two left, if you've got three central defenders and two left footers, what do you do? You put one of the left I footers in the centre instead of Morgan, push Morgan out to the right, maybe? Which mm. changes the whole Morgan's dynamic. probably going to be out on Saturday, isn't he, as well? So, yeah, uh, well, it's Barnett it, still, so. Considering the Shrewsbury game, mm-hmm. as you said, Tony, um, McCann did some terrific runs, brought the ball mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. from the back and took it well mm-hmm. to the penalty area mm-hmm. on a number of occasions. Mm-hmm. I think there's some justification in bringing McCann forward yeah. and playing Pierce at the back. Mm-hmm. Bringing yeah. Chester- Chesterfield, the field. Chesterfield, and yeah. McCann yeah. came yeah. on and then was pushed into midfield. For me, he changed the game. Changed the game, yeah. But I think. Yeah. McCann's most effective in midfield when he plays on the left of the, yeah. the trio yeah. like he did under Ruslan he was excellent he made those runs Gareth that you were talking about box yeah. to box instead. box yeah. to box mm-hmm. yeah. very good player in that position but if you put him in place of either um, Power or Perkins does he have the legs to to do what they do no, mm. so, no. It, it, so if you're going to put him in midfield <clears throat> and I think it, it's a very viable option you've got to play Something like a four-three-three formation, mm. something like that, to to mm. get that, and that's an option for him, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it, uh, the thing with Cornwall, the formation does change. It changes yeah. during the game as well, and it changes when we're in possession, yeah. when we're out of possession. Yes. I mean, yeah. we hear all this talk about what we were just one bloke up from. We've never just got one bloke up from. It's just so fluid all the time. And for a, a young manager of his age, I th- it's, it's fantastic that he's, he's doing all this. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Anyway, so we don't get bogged down, and we will move on. Uh, before we do. Uh, Alex Ravel's goal I thought was fantastic from, from it was a seven pass move from a throw in on the halfway line not across the back line tippy tappy football Daniels uh, brought it inside he found a man which was Max Powell which was a bit rare for Daniels after last night after last night <laughs> Max Powell had that superb cross field ball to Wiltshire did his usual trick cut inside the defender burst into the area uh, and, and then uh, a great 
centre into the danger zone and McCann headed, um, sorry, Ravel headed back across goal. I thought it was a fantastic goal. Same goal, wasn't it? Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, for a player who doesn't score that many. Yeah, well, he's, what's he played now? Three three games, scored one goal. Yeah, but what's he going to be, how many is he going to get by the end of the season is the question. Nine, I'm one for. His, his career average doesn't <laughs> suggest a lot. Uh, no. He's not. He's not a prolific yeah. scorer, is he? No, no, we, no. He's a target man. Think, yeah. In the Fortuna style, but he's not. A, he's not a goal scorer like Greg or Craig Davis in that respect. Fortuna. Fortuna. Right. I'm not saying he's Fortuna level. I mean, I agree with you. All centre forwards, most centre forwards in League One would score more goals than Fortuna, which was one league goal last season. Both of us sat around this table would score more goals than Marco Antoine Fortuna. But I'm not sure how many goals Ravel will, if he get, keeps his place, how many goals he will score by the end of the season. Yeah, but you're talking of one half of the dynamic duo, aren't you? Oh, come on. Right, OK. Talking of coming on, let's move on to Burn Albion. Burn Albion were in town last night. Um, it was the game I was really looking forward to because it was a top of the table clash. Uh, it was a top eight clash. Really? We don't beat teams in the top eight. Mm-hmm. And we've got another top eight side on Saturday as well, which is a little bit frightening. Uh, Burton Albion don't, don't concede many. And usually in Burton Albion's games, there's only one side scores goals. It's, it tends usually ends up nil. The last six games that they've played uh, has either been nil-nil or something nil. For the last, so that's, that's the type of games they play um, Gareth, give us some stats from the game, please, before we get on to Simon's off the tariffs at the table report. Yes, the uh, stats from the game Burton Albion versus Wigan Athletic. Or rather, Wigan Athletic versus Burton. Sorry about that. Okay. Possession 56% to Wigan Athletic and 44% to Burton. Attempts 3 for the Latics, 5 for Burton. On target. None for the Latics and two for Burton. Corners, the Latics managed nine to Burton's two, committed nine fouls to Burton's twelve. Each team got one yellow card and no reds, and sadly we lost one nil. Where did you get those stats, the BBC? Barry. The BBC? Well, Barry, we definitely had a shot on target because I remember Yannick Wilshut forcing the goalkeeper into a save. Well, there was that done right at the death, wasn't there? It was, he ran through on the right, didn't he? And uh, then we hit the post as well. From, you know. Yeah, that was going wide, though. Yeah. Okay. Is it post? Yeah. Should have scored that. Yeah. Yeah, Anthony Joyce should have scored. Anyway, we're stealing Simon's thunder here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, this isn't pre recorded, this is live. Let's get it done, Si. What a disappointing result <laughs> in the end. You know, we've gone <clears throat> 11 games unbeaten. Beaten at home this season. Cheers, Barry. Um, and I, we just didn't get going last night for me. Burton, they came with one plan. And I think they wanted a draw. I think they took a draw at kickoff. Very sat solid at the back, um, which is what's expected of uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's team this season. There's recent results to own. But I think there was just something missing. And we mentioned before, Daniels missed passes, you know, balls went out of play, things going astray. It was a frustrating night for everyone who was there. It was his birthday. I know, and that's... I think he'd been out in the afternoon. <laughs> the young lad who was with us, he said he must, Daniels must have been out on the pop. With wheeling. Mm. So, it was just for me, it was just, just a disappointing game, but maybe it's what we need to bring us back down to earth with a bit of a bump and realise that we are beatable and we need to change our ways. Especially against these top six, eight teams. Because these are the teams we need to beat as well if you want to be up and around there coming into the season. One thing I, in Gary Colwell's comments, he said that he was disappointed with the players not movement off the ball. They weren't creating the angles, they weren't running enough to create the angles, so those options for the person on the ball. <coughs> so, we, for example, if Powers has got the ball in midfield, there's not enough movement around him to, mm. to give him the option. Because I thought they worked extremely well uh, Burton like you said they came with that plan didn't they and, and they were solid they really were yeah. solid um, you can see why they are where they are now they, they had the success last season um, <coughs> but that goal they scored why did Morgan just not clean him out I was thinking mm. that. yeah I, well, as soon as he's he broke take him out get your boot in 
I wonder if it's something to do with the little niggle that he was carrying because he was hauled off directly afterwards. If he was fully fit, he would have gone blazing in there, took a yellow card, and it would have been a free kick. It would have come to nothing. We probably would have gone up the other end and Daniels would have scored <laughs> or something. He, he also would have won. Sort of got shepherded. She was shepherding him out to play at one point, weren't she? Get pace. It was very ginger. Yeah. And then uh, he just. I know some people were critical of McCann, but McCann was covering for, for Morgan as well, weren't he? Oh. Also, McCann was on a yellow. He's on seven yellows now. He's been booted in, in his last two games. Did you see the, the foul McCann committed near the end? Yes. And I, it looked like a yellow. Yeah. A from second I, yellow, didn't from it? From where I was sat, it was... Did to me, straight... Yeah. yeah. Mm. What didn't, though, was uh, when he went to pick the ball up, when he went to play, the Burton Albion player dropped like he'd been punched in the face. I don't know if anybody saw yeah. that. Oh, that, that was Lyon. ridiculous. That was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and there was another one earlier on as well. It was the same player, if I'm not mistaken. Went down holding his head, and the referee stopped play. Tommy Teal. And he came on and uh, started checking his leg. I thought, what the hell's all this about? Oh, yeah. And I just thought, and that's when everybody started uh, booing him. But that one, right at the death, no, that that was bad. That. But this is this is how sad football's getting at the moment. You know, I'm one of these people who I, I watch and I see little things like this. The goalie, you see the number of times he changed the different sides of the goals when he was going to take his goal kicks and that. Yeah. Not once was he spoken to by the referee about uh, get a move on, get a move on. But to be fair, it wasn't quite Vigoro standards though, was it? <laughs> no, I, 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 I know what you're getting at, but. <laughs> Now, it, it just annoys me that, because I'm one of these, mate, I just want to play, I want to see football. I don't want to see all these games and antics. Well, I was going to mention the referee, because uh, you said they don't talk anymore. That, I thought, that referee last night is an absolute shocker, Mark Haywood. We've had him before, he refs us at Port Vale, and he's, he, he normally refs up in the, in the championship. He's an absolute shocker. The number of times he spoke to players last night off the ball and stopped, stopped play while he wanted to he spoke to our players, Perkins has spoken to a number of times, other players, Burton players. That, I, I can see why he did that last night, because they were ranting, absolutely ranting and raving about key, key things. It's different from when you're actually running along and there's a player inside you, hey, I saw that. You know, I've done it myself when I've been refereeing some of the some of the games I've been doing. You actually talk to players and say, oh, yeah, I saw that one, that lasted. Just make sure, lad, you know. Or, hey, come on, you're playing well, don't get a book in just for this. Mm. You talk to him in that respect. What he was doing last night when he stopped, and, and you, you're quite right, Barry, he did. It looked as though he was explaining his decision. That's the last thing a referee needs to be doing. Yeah. A yeah, referee yeah. just turns around and says, shut up, get away. You concentrate on the football and I concentrate on rules. But it was like a regular occurrence as well. It weren't just once or twice. It was, it was happening all through the game and he was slowing the game down himself. You know, I didn't go to Port Vale because I couldn't make it that day. But I asked somebody who went, who sat at side of me and they said he was exactly the same. The, yeah. the Port Vale game was stop, start, stop, start. And, I can't um, see how he's a championship referee. No. Um, we've done a lot of this this season, morning about the referees. And I think it is going back to what <clears throat> we've been used to in the past but you can, it is shocking to see such a vast difference you'd expect referees to be of similar standard across the board I, I think we talk about referees too much because we've really avoided the real issue which was oh crap we Wait, well, yeah. it was an awful game can yeah. I just say actually I thought the referee last night was okay and a breath of fresh air after Saturday to be back to normal so well done I really believe that, Barry. <laughs> how, how much has he paid you to say that? In Bye. terms, in terms of entertainment, were you happy with what you got last night? There was no entertainment. Exactly. So, what? What's the game all about? Oh, entertainment. Yeah, uh, I mean, it it's a strange. Thing some to people, talk about. some people, <laughs> some people go to see uh, silliness. I don't. I go to see a good quality standard of football, and Wigan Athletic didn't provide that last night. No. Last night's game was 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 going back twelve months. It was like last season's. Mm. No, it was worse. Well, that sort of non-entity is what. Oh, we we lost ten types of games one 0 didn't we? Last we season. gave we lost so much possession mm. away last night with inaccurate passing. Yeah. We got caught in possession so many times. And I know I keep harping on about this, it's because we've got too many left-footed players who can't use the right, are getting boxed in, giving the ball up. How many times did we pass it from halfway to our goalkeeper last night to punt it upfield because our lads couldn't use the right peg? 
I counted six times last night in one half. Six times making one half. We one did half. That. Right, well you go. What did you make of the chances, Adam? What we had last night? What the many few? Well, chose and yeah. then Reese James later on. Well, I think if we'd have started that half and showed just, you know, just a header at the back post, I think he went too far under it. Too. Did you think he lost it in the floodlights? Because he seemed to. He, if it had stood for me, if it had stood still, it would have hit him on the forehead. But he, he seemed to move in into it. It was a bit of a looper from from Yannick, weren't it? The cross. Yeah. I don't know, but I think if we'd have scored that, we'd have won the game. Mm. Um, yeah. I'd say that pass into Max Power I thought was an even better chance than Reese James I don't know it fell to him with an open net but we know what Max Power was shooting like he, he was going wide and we were lucky to get that opportunity to deflect back off and Reese mm. James is, come on it's it's an open net we're 1-0 down we need to score yeah, somehow he's at the post I thought James was a bit poor all night but I'd like to see Kelly play in the league yeah. James just seems hesitant on the ball, always looking to pass back instead of running at the defender or crossing it in. Which, when we play at wing backs, you need your wing backs doing that else. But if you've got real shot in front of you, you've got some defensive duties as yeah. well because he's not wonderful at tackling back, is he? Yeah, exactly. So James, yeah, James does have the a McCann on that side too. They have the added complication of having Will shot yeah. in front of them. Um, I, I, mean, I thought yesterday, the first half, the right-hand side of Latics were terrible. All three of them, on the, on the right-hand side. Chow um, uh, and Daniels and uh, Jacobs. There's no, nothing coming through on the right-hand side. I think Daniels had his worst game for Latics last night. Yeah. Sadly. Sadly, because I do like the lad. I think he's oh, a quality yeah. player. Yeah. But last night was his, probably his, he, uh, his worst one. He did make a very, very good save and challenge to stop it from being 2-0, though. He did. Mm. Second after he had his, uh, he had a ladder at half Sam I think. Yeah, it's a couple of <laughs> but he's yeah. a young player. I mean, yeah. you're talking. You got Daniels and you got James. They're, they're young players. The kids, power. The kids. They're kids. kids. So they're, they're kids who have been nurtured as you're going along in a team that's trying to win promotion. Now the other issue is you bring in a kid like Chow in a game like that, or do you keep him for the the cup games or the yeah, I think the got, games against weaker, weaker opposition. You've got to blow them, haven't you? But I'd sooner yeah. see him playing in his natural position rather yeah. than trying to yeah. square peg in a round hole. But is he going to? Is he going to get a position ahead of Power and Perkins? Well, I don't think. Which is his natural position. I mean, Perkins. Uh, I nearly mentioned it before, but I, I, I kept it in. But Perkins got a bit of stick. He's been getting a little bit of stick this past week, saying that he's useless. No, for one second. I don't see what people are talking about there. Who's saying been, this? He's still been getting his sevens. I thought he had a poor, I thought he had two poor games. A poor game on Saturday, but the amount of work he does, the work rate, I mean, it, because he's not doing defence splitting balls and knocking 40 yard passes and busting into the box, that's not his game. He brings something different to the game. He's like an Iniesta without, without the goals, isn't he? He plays that stuff, or as Xavi, without scoring the goals. But that's, that's the way. Goals. Or as goals, without scoring the goals. That's right. It's Perkins, you know. Perkins. I wouldn't single out Perkins <laughs> in particular. I think Perkins has been mm. absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's it's ten more players. Yeah. He, had, he had an off game last night because the rest of the midfield had an off, it, off game last night. It was a shocking night. It was a shocking game. But did you see him last night? The bollockings he was dishing out. Yeah. Or does and he I have a right? That's fair enough. Does he have? I mean, we know that short corner and he put power under pressure with that pass when they when they credit power out and, and they broke. But he still didn't sign away from, from the ball the next time it was available. He went looking for it. What about the, the shape last night? Which didn't seem to be working. The one up front. I three, think it was a 3 4 3, a very rigid 3 4 3. With, in the first half, Jacob was right on the right and Lucha yeah. on the left. And Revelle, very lonely, mm. lonely centre forward, I'd say. And when Latics were attacking the first half, they put very few people up in the box. Which yeah. I thought we, we was a little bit. Afraid of the counter-attacking ability, yeah. Yeah. and that's that's yeah. how we got set up. So, do you, so, so, if you were Colwell, would you go in for the approach of grinding out results, being cautious um, in that way, not committing too many players further forward, wait for a moment of magic from Wilshot or Jacobs, Davis, Green, <coughs> or would you go the other way around and say, look, we're going athletic. We're the, we've got the best players in this division, and we don't care about the opposition. We're not worried about you. We are Wigan Athletic. We are. We have the best players and the best squad. 
Because a lot of supporters would like to see Lattics playing like that. Mm. Now, is that realistic at this stage? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 no, I think we've seen that in a couple of matches. I think we yeah. have. Yeah. And I think what it is, is, is when you've got players like Wilchurch, Wilshire, whatever's Yannick, right, <laughs> <laughs> is he's got the ball, he's out wide on the left, plays himself should be thinking, right, I need to be up there. And it is the ability within the players to read the game for themselves will, would show their commitment and their aptitude within the game. And last night, for instance, he had to resort in the end to doing it all himself. Yeah. He put some absolute peach perfect balls into that box on Saturday and he did it again in them conditions last night. That's from his last one, when he passed it to the keeper. I know, not one. <laughs> but, I mean, what's funny is for me, I'd, I'd look to bring on uh, Junior. I'd, I'd like to start Junior, but can you can you accommodate both Junior and Yannick in the same team because of the lack of defensive qualities? You know, is it one or the other? Unless we're desperate like we were last night and we had to... Well, I think it. Junior last night was pushed into a forward midfield role. <coughs> But Junior can play the the holding midfield role too. But do you take off Power or Perkins if you want to put him there? And is he no. going to have the same? But Junior, when he starts, is not so effective as when he comes on as an impact. So I think his impact. <coughs> but, but his impact was left. It was left yeah. very late, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I I kind of expected him to come at half time. I thought there might be a switch in half time, bring on Junior, yeah. changing shape, and go at them. Yeah. But that wasn't what happened, was it? Last time. Memory served me right. The last time Junior played, most of the time in midfield was at Bury. In the cup. Keep up in that. I think what stopped that happening, as Tony says, is the fact that we came out and we were actually very good for the first 10 15 minutes of the second half. We looked like Cho probably should have scored, and I think we got one other chance, but we were really pushing against them at that point. Yeah. And by the time we came out the other side of that, it was chucking it down, hmm. and we couldn't see anything. So. No. <laughs> but was, last night when, when uh, Junior was on, he, he had a terrible ball play to him. It was, it was a hip height, and he had three men round him. But he took it in his stride, he turned them, and they were looking for him, and he'd gone, he was down the line in just one movement. Yeah, he's right. got that about him, hasn't he? Right right. In front of me. And I was quite impressed with that. You know, I thought, oh, they, it was a, I think it was a throw-in. I don't know, he'd come about it, yeah, fine, it isn't he? Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I, think it was, I think it was a throw-in. Yeah. And it, yeah, I thought, I think James was a throw-in. It was awful. But then, like I say, he's technically very good. And that's, you know, we needed that, that kind of spark, yeah. but I think we only had that one instance towards the end of the game last night where there was a spark, there wasn't anyone else, he was... No, no, no. It was like, well, with ten minutes to go, it looked like 75% of our side had... had said we're not going to get anything out of this game and, and that was that so I think what we should do is draw a line under it just like we will here and we'll move on quite time's, literally time's ticking and uh, we've got South End on Saturday South End so Sai has got his South End preview for us I do indeed so we'll start off with the last time out and there's still a bit of Gareth's thunder here we've got a 5-2 <laughs> win last night I only know this because Google told me it was the first thing that shot up when I Googled them. Do you know something about that That last night at Oldham? Oldham fans were charged £5 entrance. Yeah, I heard. And Southend United fans were 23 quid. And Phil Brown, or was it 25? I don't know. Phil Brown was going mental about it. And he said, let's all that. Their fans make £5 worth of noise. Our fans make £25 worth of noise. And we absolutely stuff them. Yeah. Well, what happened, Simon? Phil Brown got his... Uh, his wish and the 5-2 win at Oldham something we've not managed to do at Oldham this season anyway <clears throat> I'm going to try and keep this football related why? well alright I will go off on a tangent at some point <laughs> <laughs> so they were founded 109 years ago and have three nicknames the Shrimpers the Seasiders and the Blues two of those uh, well actually all three appear on the club crest the Shrimp the water appears for seaside and the crest is blue. <laughs> Play at Roots Hall, which is the largest football stadium in Essex. They are due to move to a new ground, Fawcett's Farm, 
But since planning permission was granted in 2008, no work has begun. So, mm. a bit lazy. Money, money uh, yeah. Just work it looks really nice brand as well. Yeah. Like they're, uh, they're done. So last season they were promoted by the playoffs after beating Wickham on penalties 7-6. After the game ended 0-0. And then after extra time, it was one all. So they don't get a penalty then? No, it sounded like it was a thriller. Uh, Southend's biggest achievements come from 1987 onwards, so I'll skip. Yeah, get please on. do. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll jump to 1991, I think, as well now. Uh, became, in 1991, they became full members of the Football League for the first time ever, and in 1992 finished 12th in the Old Second Division. Which is still their highest place to finish. Is that 18? What's that? 1918, not 81. Probably. <laughs> they were formed in the, <laughs> I think they were formed in the 19th century, weren't they? Formed uh, 109 years ago. <clears throat> yeah. They've been in football league, Yonks. Yeah. yeah. They're all club. <clears throat> yeah. Good research, sir. Yeah, brilliant. Carry on. Yeah. Wikipedia for that was it from there on in. This is all my it knowledge. It took me weeks of study and full visits to the library to get my Fleetwood one. Right. This, this is all me from now on. It's before my time. So, in 2004, they made the LDV Vance Trophy final. Something that we've all yeah. been there, done that. Yeah. Wrecked it. And they lost <laughs> to the Seasiders um, of the Blackpool Persuasion. <laughs> And then in 2005, they got to the trophy final again. This time losing to a Welsh outfit in... Swansea. Cardiff? No. Newport County. Wrexham. So, in 2005, their first silverware came. As Wigan secured promotion to the Premier League, Southend gained promotion to League One via the playoffs. 2006 saw Southend have a go in the Championship, but after winning only 10 games all season, they were relegated uh, back down to League One and then relegated to League 2 in 2010 before returning again this season. So they've always been in the lower echelons of the footballing mm. leagues. <clears throat> There's never been a draw between the two sides in league meetings. Is it 7-7? Seven, seven? It is, 7-7. Seven, mm. seven. I think home teams have home team won five games. I, uh, I read it. That wasn't on Wikipedia. Copy Latic. Was it not Vital William, that was? <laughs> Vital Wigan. Uh, some other good website, like uh, Jesus was the Wigan or Three Amigos. <laughs> so, last <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> the last time we beat them was in '91 when Neil Rimmer, good old Neil, good evening Neil, scored and Barry, I'm uh, sorry, Gary Worthington <laughs> also scored. Uh, Gaz, yeah, in a 2-0 away win at Roots Hall. It was never as good as his big brother Barry. He weren't. And gas. So that's the end of my rubbish footballing preview. So, so Southend Pier is the world's longest yes. pleasure pier at 2.158 kilometres long, which is just over a mile. Grief. In May 1941, it was the one of the first places to be bombed during the Blitz. It's the largest tower in Essex. I didn't get this off Wikipedia. It's its own airport. Yeah, I'm actually going from there. It's the, officially the warmest and driest place in the UK. Oh, yeah. Seven miles of seafront, and the town was used to film James Bond's route to the airport in Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Rat Pack <laughs> member Buddy Greco says it's the best place he's ever lived. Now these I can't get wrong. <laughs> the odds. Right, size odds. South End a five to two, the draw twelve to five, and Wigan a five to four. First goal scorers, as always, is heavily uh, Wigan based. Griggs five to one, Revels six to one, and Daniels is thirteen to two. Uh, then comes the only two uh, South End players in the top ten, Mooney. with David Mooney and Joe Piggott at seven to one. Scores. Um, I've picked out five that I'm going to go for. A draw at one all is thirteen to two. A Wigan one nil seven to one. Southend one nil nineteen to two. My tip two nil Wigan win eleven to one, and the two two draw is eighteen to one. What about three two? Have you got that down? No. Oh, that's our favourite. That's our favourite. So, yeah, that was um, a hashed 
South End preview. Mm. I blame Paul for the poorness of it. The referee on Saturday is Keith Stroud. <laughs> oh, who's uh, the hand, I think. Yeah, he, he refereed us in that game at Sheffield Wednesday when it was called off because it rained ever. Remember, this season he's done 19 games. He's had 70, dished out 74 <coughs> yellows. What? And five reds. <gasps> His last athletics game was our away win at Blackpool last season. And uh, yeah, Keith Stride, the referee. I like Southend. It's a nice place. A lot going for the weekend, isn't there? There's quite a few going for the weekend, yeah. As we mentioned previously, the, we've not beat the top eight side this season. What position are they in the table at the moment? They're eighth. Eighth, so. Let's book the trend. Um, top scorer, like Simon said, Mooney, who uh, frequents the boards of various oh, yes. websites. <laughs> um, the other one's Mark Leonard, who used to play for the Latics. He's got three goals. And Lester Piggott, who's on loan from Charlton, he's got three goals as used well. Used to play for Lester us. Piggott? Yeah, Mark, Mark Leonard and Lester Piggott. Oh, no, no, Ryan Leonard and Joe Piggott. Sorry. You're looking at my preview. <laughs> Right, so well, let's have some predictions before we finish this evening. Gareth, what do you see, how do you see the game going? Well, I'm going for a 2 2 draw. Ooh. Desmond? <laughs> Tony, that threw me that a little bit then. <laughs> well, I'd be happy with the draw. I think Cole will, will have to make some changes. Maybe of yeah. shape as well as personnel. But if Plastic's got a draw, I think it would be a decent result. It's, uh, they're not such a bad team, are they? No, what's, what's the form, Gareth? The form? Well, the last six games, South End, they've won two, drawn three, and lost just the one, but like you said, they're on the back of a 5 2 away win at all of them last night. Mm. And then what, can you, what kind of football can you expect from the Phil Brown team, is the other question. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Simon? You've got already given us yours, haven't you? Yeah, what was it? It was Simon's tip at 13 to 2, 2 0 to 1. 11 to 1. I think we're, I think we're in a bit of a trough here, boys. And I think we're going to have to uh, rough it out. So it's going to be close. <laughs> 5 0. Good Grant Hope scoring a hat trick. Adam. Sack it, 3 2 win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go on. That's I think we want to bounce back from Tuesday and what better to do go away to an informed team and do the Wigan score and 3 2. Coach's back ability there. That's what we want. Yeah. As Mick says, I think it's going to be very, very tough. I don't think it's going to be 5 0 though. However, Caldwell's hinted that he's going to make wholesale changes and we do have the men in the squad, I believe, to pull us through it. So. Scrape 2-1, I think. 2-1. Well, I think we're very in good form. I th- we're in, take away last night's results and we're in good form. Even put that in, we're still in good form, aren't we? With, uh, we had three straight wins, you know, uh, without conceding a goal. So, uh, I, I think we're going to be losing 2-0 with 10 minutes to go and win the game 3-3. Our usual uh, early season performance. I hope so, it's a long way to go. Well, Tony, it's been, uh, it's been a real pleasure having you this evening. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been fun, Barry. Fun? Well, that's, that's what it's <laughs> all about, hopefully. Bit of lassie chat. And, no, it's, uh, been, it's been nice to meet yeah. all you guys and put some faces to those voices. I bet you've quite astonished with these studios, aren't you, really? Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's impressive. Tech. A bit like Hollywood in here, isn't yeah, it? It's, uh, know. You know, it's quite a place, isn't it? Got the girls as well, right in the car. Shh, don't tell anybody. And anybody got anything else before we wrap up then? So, thanks again, Tony. Next week, by the way, I forgot to mention... Adam Pendlebury is coming in uh, to join us next week as a guest, so something to look forward to. I've, I've got a question, uh, Barry. I, I was asked this last night, and I couldn't actually uh, answer it for them. And uh, it's a question: What is the name of that music? It's played at half time. It's what they play when the teams are coming back onto the pitch, and I haven't got a pigging clue. Well, I have no idea. Do you know, Sai? Walking with elephants. Mm. Walking with elephants. Yeah, this one. Sounds like a David Attenborough documentary, that. So how does this sound? Could you sing it for us? I can do better than that. I can play it. Oof.